the sixth day. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'm a big fan of eating. I mean, you know, not just for this whole you eat to live. No, 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 no. Food is amazing. Food is awesome. It's one of God's good gifts to us is food. So I, now it's funny. When I think about food, I think about the fact that when I'm here, I'm going to get here in a second, my local environs, I like the same things. But when, I, when I've traveled off and I've been blessed to go to Israel or, uh, or, or mission trips, I always try to eat something crazy. Probably the craziest thing I've ever eaten was when I was on a mission trip in college. At Mississippi College, we went to Lithuania. And I ate cow tongue. Because honestly... When are you going to go back to Lithuania and when are you going to eat cow tongue? Never. So you, got, so you check it off the list. By the way, it was disgusting and I'm never eating it again. But hey, check that off the list. But here in, you know, here in this back home, I'm a man of routines. I like the same thing. I like the same food. I mean, I get in my car and I drive south and somehow it's going to wind up at Amerigo's and I'm going to eat chicken parm because that's just the way God intended. You know, that's just one of God's good gifts to us. You know, I, I, I find the places I like to eat and I go to them so often that I don't even need a menu. And what's really scary is the folks don't even bother to give me a menu. In Hattiesburg, there was a Mexican restaurant I went to so often. I walked in, I sat down, they gave me my chips, my salsa, and they said seven or 13. Some days it'd be seven, some days it'd be 13. But that's all I ate. There's a place here in town now I go to, I just sit down, they give me my drink, and they give me the same meal every time. Last time, they sent me home with extra food because they loved me. And man, there's nothing like a doggy bag. Life is good. Bless, exactly. Yeah. I ate it for lunch the next day, too. Good stuff. Huh? I did not share because it was for me. They didn't say, this is for you and Tim. They said, this is for you. I was just following orders. I was just doing, I'm just doing what I was told, man, you know. So I like, I like routines. And so I was thinking about how we know things and how we know individuals and how we, how we know these things. And so much of our life, the people we know, the relationships we have, they're formed out of routines, out of routines. That's how so much is defined in life by the routines we live. Now, some of our relationships are formed out of family or out of, out of work or these type of things. But so many other things in life are just formed by the daily constant routines of our life. And I like that. I like, the routines of life make me comfortable. It's kind of like... I like to pick at folks when I see, because most everyone in a church of our size with three services, most everyone drifts towards a regular service they go to. So when I see somebody at a different service, I go, wait, what are you doing? No, 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 no. You don't go to this service. You go to that service. What are you, you're messing with me. I've got you marked there. And now if you're here, I can't handle it. It's kind of like when you were a kid and you saw your teachers at Walmart and you thought they only lived at school. (laughs) What's really funny is when someone sees me out in town. Like I was here at the church working on something, wearing work clothes, and uh, and uh, I wasn't all preachered up, and they they didn't they didn't recognize me. They said, "Oh, wait, you're the preacher." I'm like, "Yeah, I know. Normally, I'm not. I don't always wear I don't wear a robe everywhere I go. I wish I could, but I can't. That's frowned upon." So we have these routines in our life. 
And that's how we know, folks. That's how so much of our identity is formed, is in the routines of our life. Routines give our lives identity, particularly for other people. That's how people know who we are, are the, th- these routines. They give our life so much identity. Another way is name tags. Uh, name tags often give us identity. I think about when I was in high school, we used to go to, from Boca Chitter to the Beta Club Convention uh, in, in Biloxi, and we always had to wear name tags. And because we were bad, and like y'all, we would like to take the programs they gave us and fold, us, fold them up and throw them off, go to the top of the Coliseum and throw airplanes off the top of the Coliseum and just cause havoc. And, um, <laughs> and people frowned upon that. So we had our name tags on. And uh, me and my best friend had changed name tags. Well, did somebody throw an airplane at me? That's awesome. Dennis? Yeah, just guessing. That's pretty good. I guess I've got skills. So, um, but my best friend and I, we changed name tags. So I was up at the top of the, um, the Coliseum throwing the airplanes, and the teacher came up to us and said, young man, you should not be doing this. I said, you're right, and you should go tell the teacher. I called my best friend's name, Kurt. He said, Kurt, my name's Kurt Smith, and he shouldn't be doing this, and you should go tell the teacher. You should get me in trouble right now. So name tags are helpful for identity. So these are all, there's all these different ways in our life that, we, that people know who we are, that people determine our identity, that our identity is known to others. Where do we find our identity? If our identity to others... It's found in routines, found in name tags, found in family relationships. How, how do we find our identity? Where does our identity come from? So often, our identity is found in the stuff of the world. Good stuff, not bad stuff, but so often. Our identity is found in our job in our houses, in our IRAs, our pension, in our career, in the success of our children, our sports teams. Our identity is oftentimes, that's where we find, by identity I mean our worth, our worth, the thing that defines us. So often we find our worth in these things, which are not bad things. These things I'm not saying these things are bad But so often we find our identity in these things. Whereas I think today's passage, outside of, you know, John 3, 16 and other passages like that, I think today's verse is one of the most important passages that we'll ever read in all of Scripture. Because it tells us where our identity is found and where our worth comes from. God made humankind, man, male and female. He made them in his image. Your worth, your worth comes from the fact that you are made in the image of God. That is where your worth comes from. Not from any of the human stuff. And we're going to get to the human stuff in a second. Don't get too far ahead of me. We're going to get there. But that's where your ultimate worth comes from. That is grace. And that is where identity must come from because that is the identity in life that is not changing. That is the identity of life that is not fading. That is the identity of life that cannot be tossed aside by anything else in life. That is the identity that defines everything else is who we are in Christ. 
and rather who God made us to be, who God created us to be. That is the primary source of our identity. That is what makes everything else worthwhile. Is that right there? Our identity in Christ. And when we look at that, when we look at our identity in Christ, we find what life's about. I said last week I'm not really good at gift giving. I'm pretty good at gift receiving, but not so much at gift giving. One of our professors in seminary said something that's always stuck with me, Dr. Bryant. If you want to see what grace looks like, look at infant baptism. Because what did that child do to earn that baptism? Nothing. They were born. In fact, mama did most of the work. The child did nothing to earn that baptism. It was simply a free, undeserved, unmerited gift of God. That's what it means to be made in the image of God, is to understand that the clearest source of our identity, the clearest source of our purpose, the clearest thing that defines us is not something that we do for ourselves, but rather it is God's marking to us through the Holy Spirit that we are his and he has made us. That is where our identity must come from. And that's what the scripture teaches us, that we are all, we are all made in that image of God. We all have upon us the marking of God. I tell people, it's like God branded us as his very own. That is where our truest identity comes from. And when we understand that, when we understand that our identity is found most in Christ, I think it does three things for us. First, it does this. It gives ourselves, our lives, the proper ordering of what matters. I like our Christmas tree that we have at our house. It's not real. It's, it's fake. Uh, we, we used to, when Holly and I first got married, we tried to get real Christmas trees. And then we learned that hardwood floors and water don't often make good friends. So we went to a fake one just because it's a lot easier. Where our bed sits in our bedroom looks kind of out into our living room. And I can wake up in the night and see our Christmas tree all lit up. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful tree. But what makes its beauty is not the synthetic nature of the fake pine leaves, pine sprigs. Needles, thank you. I'm not a horticulturist, if that's the right word. Is that the right word? Oh, boom, I got that right. Yeah, a lot of syllables. Uh, but what makes it beautiful is not that. What makes it beautiful is the fact this. The day after Thanksgiving... Holly and the kids stomped up in the attic and got the tree out. They put it out there. They fluffed it. And they decorated it. And they got it ready. So when I see our tree, what, what gives it its beauty is not anything that we bought from the store. But what gives it its beauty is the fact that our family sat around and decorated it together. And when I look at it, I think of the laughter and of the joy and of the stories. And that is what gives it its meaning. Not the tree itself, but the family that put it together. That's what gives it meaning. Think about my childhood. Me and mom would stomp off in the pasture the day after Thanksgiving with a hatchet 
and go cut down a tree. And we'd bring it back together and put it back in the house. And we'd water it every morning. And what gave that tree meaning wasn't that we went off with a hatchet and survived. What gave it meaning was the fact that we watered it every morning together. That it became part of our life, part of our routine. The identity of the family is what gave that tree meaning. Y'all, hear me. I'm not saying that stuff is bad. Stuff is great. I like cool stuff. I want stuff with lasers and propellers. I'm a geek. I like cool things. But what I'm saying above all else is that our ultimate identity has to be found in Christ. Because the stuff we're desiring does not give us life. The anxiety in your heart cannot be fixed by anything that you can buy in a store. The anxiety in your heart can only be fixed by the person of Jesus Christ. When we have our identities properly ordered, when we have our truest identity in Christ, it makes everything else beautiful. I'm not saying not to enjoy the stuff. I'm not saying not to buy the stuff. I'm not saying you got to be a hermit, live in a cave. I'm saying this, you got to first know your identity in Jesus Christ. You got to first know that you're made in his image because that is the light that enlightens everything. When the light of Christ is foremost, everything else shines in its glory. But when the light of Christ is not foremost, nothing else is as bright. Nothing else is as beautiful. Nothing else shines. You are made in his image. That defines everything. So even if you buy the wrong gift, and even if the party doesn't turn out right, and even if the Christmas cards arrive late, it's okay. Because that's not where your identity is found. Your identity is found in Jesus Christ. And he makes all things beautiful. Secondly, I think we realize that our identity is found in Christ. We realize that um, circumstance don't control our identity. As a preacher, um, I learned the danger of making too many assumptions. I've often said that um, the two hardest days of the year to preach on are Mother's Day and Father's Day. Because we assume everybody had a good family. That's not always the case. I no longer make those assumptions. I no longer assume your family story. I don't know if it was good or bad. One of the assumptions we make is that Christmas is awesome and everyone's happy and everyone's hooray, hooray, hooray. And some of you are so sad right now. Because this is your first Christmas without a loved one. This is your 40th Christmas without a loved one. And your heart breaks. And and you want to be happy because everybody else is. And you want to feel good because everybody else does. But you just don't have it. And you just don't feel it. And friends, that's okay. That's okay. 
Because the same babe born in the manger at Bethlehem is the same babe that grew into the man that walks with us even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We will fear no evil. For thy rod and thy staff, they comfort us. To understand that our identity is found in Christ is to understand that even if we don't feel it, it's okay. And Christmas doesn't have to be all rainbows and unicorns. Sometimes it's hard. And sometimes when everyone else is celebrating, you want to be in the corner crying. And that's okay because God is good no matter the valley you're walking through. When your identity is in Christ, you learn first that he is the correct order, that everything flows from there. Secondly, you learn that even when we walk through the valleys, when everyone else is celebrating and your heart is broken, it's okay. It's okay. And lastly, we learn this, that if I'm made in this image and you're made in this image, it means I kind of got to love you. We said, we read in the opening hymn, in the opening Advent lighting this morning, the societies are fractured all around us, aren't they? We see discord and turmoil everywhere we look. Everyone's mean and angry and upset nowadays. Somebody said once, blessed are the peacemakers. They should be called the sons and daughters of God. Um, was that maybe Jesus, maybe something like that. Our calling is to be peacemakers. Not just because that we are to follow the Prince of Peace, the one who reconciled the world to the Father. That's one reason. But secondly, it's because the only path forward is peace. Us holding on to the hurt, us holding on to the pain, us holding on to the brokenness, it doesn't fix anything. And the only way this Christmas that we can have peace, the only, because y'all, maybe, maybe there's some of y'all that y'all are not looking forward to eating Christmas dinner with, some folks. Maybe your family's the exception, but there's some of y'all that you don't really want to eat dinner with. And you kind of got to, because if you don't, mama's going to be mad about it. And you can just deal, you can just, you know, stiff up lip and deal with it, which is an option. You can understand them. That you might not like them. That they might have hurt you. They might have done something awful. But holding on to it only hurts you. Forgiveness, unforgiveness is you drinking a poison and expecting it to kill them. Unforgiveness harms only you. If all of our identity is found in Christ, that means God loves them too. And it doesn't mean we got to be best friends. And it doesn't mean we got to go fishing together. But it does mean that my holding on to it only hurts me. We're all made in Christ's image, even them. And to understand our identity is to understand that our greatest identity is in Christ. 
and that maybe not now, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next week, but for our own peace, we've got to let go and give it to God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons and daughters of God. Today, where is your identity? Is your identity first in Christ? Is your identity in the fact that you are made in his image? And if you are made in his image, everything else makes sense. Today, what gives you joy? What gives you peace? What gives you purpose? Is it Christ Jesus? Christ, the solid rock I stand. Other ground is shifting sand. Other ground is shifting sand. Today, may he be our identity. And may his light enlighten everything else. Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you for the love that we know and that we experience in Jesus Christ. God, thank you for the identity that we can have in him. Father, may he be the source of our identity, the source of our strength, the source of our everything this Christmas season. We love you. We ask it in Jesus' sweet and holy name. Amen. This morning, during our final song, the altar is open. Perhaps you've never made the decision to find your complete identity in Jesus Christ. Today is the day to place your full faith in him and find his life. Perhaps today you're just, you're hurting. You're alone and you're afraid. And Christmas is not much fun. Jesus Christ will not leave nor forsake you, even the difficult times. Maybe there's somebody that you are not looking forward to seeing in the next few weeks, but you know you got to. The same God that saves you, the same God that will give you strength and grace for all of life's journeys. The altar is open. Perhaps like to learn more about how to join our church. I'd love to talk to you about that. This morning, as we close our final hymn, the altar is open. Won't you come? <laughs>